Welcome to the Nico and Murphy Show. I'm Nico. And I'm Murphy. We appreciate you tuning in and enjoy the show. This episode being recorded today, October 29th, 2020. Nico and Murphy coming at you, getting you caught up on the news. On the news. Hey, Murphy. How you doing today? Man, I'm good, man. Nice day, beautiful day. You know, feels like it was like 90 today out here. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right, we're going to start today. Uh, there was an article that came across the wire uh, from Reuters yesterday. Then uh, a lot of articles to follow on this one. This is big. COVID-19 is accelerating, not just here in the States, it's accelerating across the globe. Uh, so I'm going to uh, quote some stuff from the article here. So the, the latest figures by the World Health Organization, this is interesting, showed that Europe 1.3 million new cases in the past seven days. That's about a 37% jump over the previous week. Uh, the virus, so this is a quote from Emmanuel Macron, the president over in uh, France, says the virus is circulating at a speed that not even the most pessimistic forces had anticipated. This is really a big deal. Another thing here that's extremely interesting the Russian deputy prime minister, and this is, of course, through the Reuters article, uh, the deputy prime minister, uh, Russian deputy prime minister, said Wednesday that hospital beds are at 90% of capacity in 16 regions within the country. Uh, systems like France and Switzerland yeah. could be on the breaking point. So Breaking point. <laughs> breaking point. So this is interesting, you know, Murphy, uh, as we... We have Oof. been in a, in a vacuum uh, a bit, and we we have been kind of programmed to think that the United States is doing a terrible job, and you can't really say we're doing a good job. <laughs> um, but when you put things in perspective, we are seeing, you can call this wave two or wave three, whatever you want to call it. This thing is really accelerating. It is accelerating quickly. And what is most important about this article is that France and Germany, two of the larger uh, economies in the European Union, are implementing lockdowns, okay? Germany is going to shut its bars, restaurants, and theaters from November 2nd through 30th uh, under measures that were agreed through Merkel and the regional governments, okay? Hmm. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a huge that's a huge deal, and France is also following suit, um, coming going into force on Friday. People are going to be required to stay in their homes, except to buy essential goods and medical attention. This is a big deal um, because this could have impacts. You know, can the United States? Let me ask you: Can the United States handle more aggressive lockdowns like I just mentioned? Oh. Uh. With the way, with the climate, with the way, with the climate today, I don't think they'll be able to handle massive lockdowns. However, massive lockdowns are they're going to be associated with massive positive cases, uh, hospitals being packed. Like when we think of massive lockdowns, we only think of what the New York, New Jersey, I believe Boston experienced it, parts of parts of California. So. Uh, I don't see the numbers growing that rapidly over here in 
I just don't see us taking it seriously. I don't I don't see us. I see that uh, we'll probably take it seriously when it does hit the fan. And uh, it looks like Europe is preparing for it to hit the fan. They're not playing any games. They're plague. They're, they, they, they just have a different experience with dealing with plagues. We believe that the plague is, you know, four, five, six months. But that's not what history says. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, when you think about our economy that just posted a huge GDP number, although it's a bit artificial because we're coming off of a significant decline. Um, so, you know, our economic system, which has gotten about half of the jobs back that we lost due to COVID, uh, you know, you talk about more aggressive shutdowns like this. This is but only going to further set us back, man. man uh, down here, down here on, on, on Main Street, like that—that that massive comeback that that doesn't illustrate down here. It just Agreed. doesn't illustrate. It doesn't. I, you know, those numbers can say what they want, but you know, the biggest employers like Disney, you know, um, these guys are expecting the expecting you know, losses to stay, you know, at 50% losses for 12 months. They already wrote off 12 months. So the biggest employer in my area doesn't believe that, you know, like jobs, you know, are, are, are coming back anytime right. soon. Why should I believe it? They don't believe in it. Well, if we, if we're heading into, you think about particularly the Northeast, some of the cooler climates, uh, you know, that are really getting ready to head into, you know, take effect here. Um, talking to a couple of people today already experiencing snow. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about. We're just, we're not even in November yet. Right. Um, but you know, these type of aggressive lockdowns, this pivots to the 2020 presidential election. It is very clear as you watch, uh, president Trump and vice president, former vice president, Joe Biden, they're hitting the trails. It's a tale of two messages. Trump is open it up, let it rip. We've got it. It's gone. Keep the economic machine rolling. And then it's Joe Biden. It's the science. It's we'll take lockdown measures if we need to. National mask mandate. Two totally two different sides. I just I just saw a clip. I was just I was just I, I saw a clip of the president and, you know, it showed how he was talking at the rally. He's like, you know, let it like you're saying, let it rip and everything mm -hmm. is fine. And I don't think that that actually talks to the people because it's their reality and their reality is much different than what he's saying. Uh, it looks, it looks real bad on the campaign trail. You know, like I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't see, he kind of sounded defeated. I think I, I forgot what town he was in, but he kind of, he, he, he feels like, you know, he's preparing his people more for a, a, a loss than a, a victory. It looks like, um, but it is Donnie boy. Can't sleep on him. Can't sleep <laughs> well, on him. Speaking of preparing, um, that brings us to our next piece of news here. Uh, and this is a big piece of news. We're going to bring you the big, hard-hitting stuff here. Uh, the wave of post-election court fights are looming large over the mail-in ballot situation. And some of those battles have already taken place. So in particular, um, the Supreme Court... Um, and this is from a CNN politics article. The court declined to take up a challenge, a challenge from Pennsylvania Republicans over the state's mail-in ballot deadlines. 
which is really big because that has implications for North Carolina. Now, they didn't rule on it. They didn't rule on it. They just they, they declined to take it up, so they punted, which is very interesting. They uh, kept it in the state's hand. They didn't want to get. They didn't want to get in that fight. So tell me about that. What What do you think about that? Because that's a really big, that's a big ruling or or non ruling, you could say, um, because you know you pointed well, out. It looks like the it looks like all of the states. What they're doing is they're getting ready for a Supreme Court. Um, fight mm-hmm. once it gets to once it gets to, the supreme court can punt now they mm-hmm. uh, but if the decision of the election is is you know is in the hands it won't be now it's not in the hands of these state guys it will be in the hands of the you know the, the justices and it looks like you're you have states that are already uh, stating their position what are going to be the rules in their state once all of the, if their state ends up being a highly contested state, the states want to have their rules because, um, in essence, that's what's going to be, that's the argument. You're going to mm-hmm. have the, you know, constitution rules and then you're going to have the state's rules and we're go- they're going to, they decide to see where it meets in the middle. So I believe everybody's, you know, North Carolina is interesting, uh, but lo- even look at Florida. Florida, um, I, I saw I saw a case where it said uh, where Florida is one of the states that their votes are counted early. Now you have some states that they actually uh, count afterwards. They count after the ballots close. They uh, were saying yeah, that, that Florida that... counts early. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that brings us to North Carolina is allowed to count ballots for. From the same article, uh, up to nine days. Nine after, days. Is as long as they're as long as the ballots are postmarked by election day, but they can arrive later. So I get it in the mail. It's postmarked up to nine days. That's a big spread, boy. That is. Well, you see, what they're saying is that if anything is close, you're going to have to wait on it. Oh, I, you're I think you're going to have it, to wait on it. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. But, you know, like, and they have that nine days because every single early, none of the early ballots were counted. So, you know, they're expecting high numbers if, you know, if none of them have been counted and, and you know, let's say there's 25% of their votes that went in that way. What do you do? Uh, this is going to be messy. This is going to be real. This is going to be real messy. But it's interesting what Pennsylvania did. Pennsylvania, they kind of, they, 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 uh, that's a victory for some out there. That's a victory. Well, who, who's it? Is it a victory for the Democrats? Is it a victory for Joe? Is it a victory for Donald? Who's who's you know who who do the you know you hear that the absentee the mail in ballots are traditionally heavier favored for the Democrats? So that's this is the Republicans. Uh, this is the Republicans' tool to kind of fight back again in the courts, right? Uh, well, but this is that, but that the 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 secret the secret on on Capitol Hill is it's a victory for both parties. The person who's going to be wanting that extension is not it doesn't it doesn't have a D or it doesn't it doesn't have a you know it's no GOP guys. Anybody can be late. Anybody can be uh, can wait for the last minute to mail in their ballot. I don't think that's a Republican or Democratic thing. That's just, you know, uh, 
person that just was a little bit uh, a little bit late to the dance didn't get there early. You know, I don't think that's a party thing. <laughs> so well, I, think I think that the people that yeah. win are the voters. That's you know, it's a victory for people that vote. You know, well, you and, want and your yeah the most participation. You know, that's what we want. Well, you that's a great point. Voter participation. You want to encourage, not discourage. Uh, and you want your vote to count. So, you know, we're in the, we're in a microwave, uh, society where we want, you know, we want the results right now. We want to know on November 3rd, who's going to win. And the reality well, is, well, smart, <laughs> well, but now look at this going, you know, smart states, real smart states. I look at Pennsylvania and what really, really comes to my mind is I said, well, this is a new election. How many people are actually voting early? This is something new. You know, COVID helped us out. Americans don't want to be on these long lines with people. Like, we just we just think of all. So, you know what? So, you have states that say, what I'm going to do is this is a new election, a new style of election. I need as much data possible for the new laws coming forward. This is a whole, this is a whole new, you know, when, when do you, like, you see, look at the stuff that's in court. When do you cut it off? You know, when do you start counting? When If you have a state that they had to count 30% of their ballots after 11 p.m., they might put in a law, this changes their state, and the next election, that might not be the case. So sometimes, you know, it's not about change. It's about creating something that didn't exist. This isn't change. This is something that, you know, we got we to learn on, you know, trial and error. So the states that are participating Kudos to them. They're putting something on the books and making those people and the justices work. Got to make them work. Well, that, that uh, by the way, I, I, I totally agree. I think that when you, when you start to look at, you never, look, there's this perception of voter fraud. And yet there's always going to be cases of some male guy, you know, dropping some off the truck. And, you know, that, that's, you have to make your decision as a voter. Am I going to use... How am I going to vote? Am I going to vote by mail? Am I going to vote by, you know, in person? You know, me personally, I was going to vote by mail, but I decided, we decided as a household to go vote in person. Um, you know, it just, it, actually the process was s- smooth, small town. We were in and out in about 20 minutes. I mean, your ID, here's your ballot. You know, you take some time, you Listen, drop it in. Boom, the, voter, the voter fraud. You know, voter fraud doesn't happen in the big general election. Just yeah. doesn't happen at those. Sure. Where it happens sense. at is those local joints that have somebody wins a local seat with maybe 3,000 votes in their favor. Now, if you can affect 800, 500 votes, you swung it. That's a big deal. Somebody just got $60,000. Uh, 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 for a part-time job, and they open all the networking just for a friend to try to find a way to steal 500 votes. That's where the voter fraud happens. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, into that, into that point, the deadline. So this is what this is what people don't understand. This is trying to keep up with this is crazy because the deadlines, the receipt for receiving mail-in ballots, they vary by state. This is a state issue. This and is a in, state issue. In 20, and this is going back to the same article, um, in 28 states, ballots must be received on election day. But in 22 states and the District of Columbia, they just have to be postmarked by election day. 
uh, but can arrive later. But again, this goes back to this. I, I think this is underpinning. There's something underpin. You know, our society. We got to find out now. Which is, by the way, is not like normal. You you think we go back to Bush v. Gore? You know, we didn't we didn't know. Um, you know, the Obama elections were a little bit more decisive. That was kind of like, you know, you, you put, you, you had, you, you had your popcorn and snacks and it was, you, <laughs> Yo, but you, you, you know were in bed early, you know, I, look, I, I, I saw, I saw a rally and I seen Trump in this rally. He bragged about something I never heard him brag about. And he bragged about the amount of federal judges he put in. To the point that he bragged about it so much, he said that the Obama and Biden administration was the dumbest administration because if it was, he said that you never. This is a person, not a politician. He mm -hmm. said they mm -hmm. gave me, they gave me too many, uh, too many selections. He said I appointed the most, and you know what? Those federal judges are the ones who are, you know, who, who can, who can punt, make it get to the. Supreme Court, those federal, those federal joints, those are the, those are so huge because we have judges deciding whose vote counts. So we're talking about, mm. you know, this is this is complete. This is a different ball game. You know, it's going to be these judges to say, you know what, that uh, ten thousand is no good here. Um, that eight thousand is no good here because you don't know how many counties. You know, it's it can get messy. However, it's the judges. Mm -hmm. It was interesting because I think Amy didn't. Uh, Amy didn't have. I don't think. She, I think she didn't have an opinion on this one. I think well, she. Did, I think she didn't have a vote yeah. on this one. Kavanaugh did. Um, I, I highlighted Kavanaugh part of his statement. So part of his statement that you just referenced, Kavanaugh wrote, and this is this is really this is key. Um, so. He said, and, and this is a partial quote, that to avoid the chaos and suspicious of, or suspicions, excuse me, of improprietary that can ensure if thousands of absentee ballots flow in after election day and potentially flip the results of an election, flip mm. the results of an act. So, where does the court have an interest in flipping, not flipping an election. And if that's the state's well, laws, well, I, now this is, this is my opinion to say, is this a bit of an overreach for the court already pre-election? And is this a, is this a foreshadow of what's to come? Well, you, you, it was known that, that it, it, it's so funny because Judges in the local election, don't they run on a party ticket? Like I just, I just saw. Like there was a judge. I could have. Yeah. I believe on my ballot, it was a D in front of one's name, and it was an R in front of one's name. It's to the point that those justices have a letter in front of their name. They have a letter in front of their name because this thing is just sounding too political. You know, flipping a vote. So what? So what you're telling me that you know, stop counting if we believe that though that count can change the election. So now I thought that the reason of the count was mm -hmm. to make sure everybody's vote, you know what I mean, 
is accounted for. No, now it's like, no, no. The reason for the vote is to decide who can tip it over now, you know? So this is very scary. So that means that the, the, the determining factor of continuing to count determines who has a possibility of changing the election with the vote. That's very easy to tell because they can narrow it down sometimes to precincts, you know, you, that where you know that this precinct is going to swing, that they say, you know, normally this precinct right here is 65%. There's plenty of precincts sure. that are like that. And you say, Absolutely. you know what, we don't know the outcome, but we know that there's still 100,000 uncounted. Well, those those words ooh, are going to be, <laughs> oof, yeah. This is this is gearing up. You better watch out, folks. I mean, watch out because this is if 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 you know it may be. Hey, maybe the and this is what the Democrats are counting on. The Democrats are counting on that the spread is so wide and so large of a victory for for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris that none of this stuff matters. None of this stuff matters. So they need to win by a large enough margin and take it out of the court's hands. They don't want it to get to the courts. If it gets to the courts, that is not good news for them. They need to run up the score early and make sure they have a nice, comfortable lead to really absorb all of these court proceedings because they're ready. They're geared up. The lawyers are ready. The The filings are you know, they're they're probably already typed up and ready to go. <laughs> they just got to hit send. <laughs> I got to draft in the email. So we'll give you another, uh, it's out of the Washington Post here, uh, another stat. And this is, this, this is right in line here, uh, that more than 42 million out of the 92 million mail-in ballots that have been requested have yet to be returned as of Wednesday afternoon. So... I mean, you but know, now, we're coming but, election day pretty quickly. Um, you know, we're one, two, three, four days until November third. That's a lot. Now, did a lot of those people like me just say, "Eh, I'm going to go vote in person"? And I will say, the person she's like, "Okay, you're voting in person." Boom! Your mail-in ballot has now been, um, you know, uh, you know, taken away or whatever it is, uh, you know. Just to make sure that there's only one vote, right? Which is great. But I'm interested to see how many of those, how many of those votes, um, you know, don't get there in time. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Very interesting. Very interesting. There's going to be a lot more to come on this election for sure. And this, you know, this goes into who's covering the elections um, <laughs> because a lot of people. A lot of people are going to be getting their news from the major networks. They're going to be tuning in to, you know, NBC, C, you know, MSNBC, Fox News, CNN. You know, they're going to be getting their news. They're going to be geared up. And, you know, well, this, this is we, we might see a repeat from Gore when it was so tight. It was tight. Right. And it was, mm -hmm. you know, the typical Florida you know, you're looking for you're looking for a, a, an answer, an hour after the polls close, you're not getting it. It's Florida, not, all right. So um, during the Gore and Bush campaign, Fox News threw out there and said Bush won. 
Yeah. This was at a time where nobody first declared the winner. They were the first to call it. And, you know, plenty of other networks say, hey, they didn't even finish counting. Did I? So <laughs> when they so they were the ones who initiated the paperwork to bring to the courts, hey, stop counting, because there's a winner. Who said that there's a winner? They did. It was one of those things. So going to be very interesting to see where today we have a million more media outlets, <laughs> right? Everybody has everybody's media today. So who's going to call it? Somebody's going to call a, 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 a victor prematurely. And well, and to your point, the Supreme Court, who had the ultimate final decision, you know, they voted as to be expected right right along as you know the, the judges don't have you know republican democrat they they voted along who appointed the justice and flipped it to hey but did didn't, didn't, didn't president then then president trump say that uh that hey the post office is going to be late i'm telling you i'm warning you the post office is going to be late I just spoke to my guy. My guy told me that the that 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 the mail can be there two, three, four, five months late. You know how it is at that time of the year. The, the man, <laughs> he already said it. He it is. It. it is the camp. They are in full swing. They've been in full swing for months. He said it. They were ready. So he already he already has he has a strategy. So that means that there you know Democrats have no strategy for this right now. You know their strategy is trying to tie it up in the courts. It's no, they better. They better you get point, one. Your point is going to this. <laughs> so there's no strategy because just think about the steps ahead. The Trump administration said it's COVID, idiots. People mm -hmm. are going to do mail-in ballots. As a party, you're encouraging mail-in ballots. Everybody's encouraging mail-in ballots. So they gave you their counter. Months ago, then um didn't, didn't that uh cause uh I think it was the new postmaster to he had to come and testify. Oh yeah, he, did they put they him put, on uh, Congress? Oh, man, they, put him they up put on him Capitol Hill. They, they put him on the fire. And he basically said, "All right, I'll tell you what you guys want to hear. I'm not gonna cut the budget until after the election. <laughs> Everybody's gonna get their mail. But you know what? Things happen in the courier business. Unbelievable. Yeah. But um, yeah. imagine being imagine being somebody in there seeing this." seeing this like every day imagine being you know like a, a an advisor to the president or somebody that's a you know somebody working in that in, in, in that in that building with some intel imagine that you know well it, it's just uh you know it, it's just really really interesting if you like campaigns you should turn on the tv for the next you know like half a week or a week because the you know even in even in Joe Biden who's been you know pretty kind of low key he has a little more energy he has a little more juice if you will uh, you know HGH it's called H G <laughs> if you're his age it's legal you're not yeah. you know he's not trying to hit forty home runs yeah little he's little two he's yeah. just trying to hit just, forty just places little, in forty nights yeah. he's doing the NBA yeah. thing forty games in forty nights. 40, he's yeah, to just hit 40 little, cities in 40 nights. That's all he's trying to do, you know? A little, little <laughs> in the orange juice didn't hurt anybody. All right, well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pivot to the next topic here, which is kind of along the credibility lines. So the source has been revealed. 
Okay. Now, you may be saying, well, what source is that? Well, there was a bombshell article in 2018, an anonymous source, which is always beautiful. We love that. An anonymous source um, who really kind of peeled the curtain back, uh, up, and I quote, part of the resistance inside the Trump administration, okay, wrote in, anonymously in 2018, subsequently published a book. Um, he unmasked himself uh, and later joined as a, a, a contributor to, to CNN. All right, so this is the anonymous source uh, has been revealed as Miles Taylor, okay? Um, and this was a bombshell article because the media really played this one up. They were, they were pumping this as if this was a senior campaign official. Um, they even went pretty high on the assumption list, like it was somebody that was even in a cabinet-type position. And the real crux of this was that there was a lot of resistance in the Trump administration and that people were actively trying to kind of thwart the agenda, kind of, you know, smash down everything that was being trying to be pushed by the president and those closest to him. Um, come to find out, the senior campaign official, okay, was uh, not so senior, okay? He was. Um, let's see, he was a deputy chief of staff when the anonymous op-ed was published, um, which is a very, to say that's a senior level position is, is, is not so much. You're not really, you're not tamping down anything and you're not <laughs> a part of any resistance. Okay. Um, now this made a lot of media elites, elites, this made a lot of media people upset because, they really juice this story. They juice the story. So now it draws in the question. Do we believe, are we to believe articles with anonymous sources? And what type of credibility should we give to them? And has all of this speculation been nothing but exactly that, speculation? What's your thoughts on the anonymous sourced articles? Are they worth no. anything? Do they have credibility? It's... Uh... They'll have they'll have credibility just because they're they're somehow working in the building, so somebody has to be feeding the media something. Sure, uh, it's just a matter of you know uh, somebody like that. You know, the majority of the stuff he probably got you know heard was coming from his boss, so mm -hmm. that doesn't make him any less important. You know, he might have he might not have a hands on boss. So a lot of the stuff, you know, boss might, you know, be playing golf, you know, but what, sure. but, but what I do, what I, the pattern I do see is that everybody, you know, he's not the first one. You got Bolton, you know, uh, I, I think, uh, um, uh, Omarosa, I believe her name um, is. I think yeah. she, so it just, it just so happens that so-called disgruntled employees write books about the president. And I really don't yep. see the president attack them too much. What I believe what's going on is those people are writing books with his okay. So something like Scaramucci, the, 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 the other guy. The, Scaramucci, yep. These people are in his circle 
might be in Ivanka's circle, might be in Kushner's circle, but they're somehow in the circle where we have seen the Trump administration shut down something if they're not 100%. They'll, they'll, they'll sue you, uh, have you jammed up in the courts. We've seen it with Stormy Daniels where, you you know, they, 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 they put it to the point where she couldn't even make no money, the poor girl, right? You know, she had nobody, she had nobody to yeah, extort, Yeah, they, they right? ruined her. You know? Oh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but so I've seen them put the squeeze, but, you know, it's kind of like um, Conway, Kellyanne Conway. See, her husband mm. is, you know, the, with, uh, the way he has the Lincoln re- report or, you know, group, group of GOP Lincoln, guys. The Lincoln Project, yeah. The Lincoln yep. Project. But, you know, um, I think that that's part of the headlines that's needed. You know, you got the Lincoln project, but then, you know, married to the person who works in the White House that's connected. So somehow you have... Let's imagine that pillow talk. (laughs) Man. But so so somehow, like, you know, so this is just, this is just the newest person that... I, that I think that the Trump administration allows them to, you know, to write these books because they know at the end you you were so low level. Nobody's really going to. I've gotten more heat from credible stuff like, you know what I mean? Like real credible stuff. I've got. heat. So let the let let the little dude go out there and make his paper. I really do look at it like this. They're eating in the same restaurants, hanging out in the same places in Georgetown. And mm. somehow outside of the White House, nobody has this animosity toward one another. That little circle, he's just saying, hey, you know, um, there's but so many of us that can go get money with the GOP outlets. So this is, I had the privilege to work with the president. The president is giving me my blessing. Now I go pick up a contract at CNN you know I me mean? go pick up a few million here at this place just because you want to hear my story and then i at the end i believe that the president is getting a certain percentage of all of this stuff that's going on because he's allowing people to make money off of his namesake that were close to him you know what i mean that's that were a, close to him that's 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 <laughs> a good that's a good that's a good take that's a good take um you know that's a couple of different ways to look at the article none of for them sure. are getting attacked that's, by the administration no. Well, it, it depends, right? It depends on who they you want to attack. They get attacked yeah. by the low-level guys. But what you're talking about is, you, you you know, it don't take much to get under the president's skin. If he felt it was something important, he would speak on it. He would have. So you know, he'll shut he, the, the president, when I say speak on it, what, let's make this clear. Not speaking on it like he's concerned and he's scared. Speaking on it where he says, okay, I'm going to crush your movement which he has the power, you know what I mean? You better have, sure. you you know, you better have a whole coalition of whatever is the new thing happening in America to back you because his people will crush you. Yeah. <laughs> He's strong. That's true. It's happened. Yeah, It's happened. That's good. Yeah. Interesting take. Well, I think, you know, uh, your final takeaway on that one is I think we've got to do a job as the consumers of information you got to make sure that you do a little bit of uh, source checking yourself and don't rely on just one piece of information. Really make sure that what you're reading is credible. Go out, find an article, find another article. See if you can put two and two together and just are not taking the word of anybody that puts uh, something online or ink on the paper or, th- or says something on TV. You really got to really be careful and do your homework and make sure you're getting credible information, like from us. Yeah. Put in the work, give the takes. You know, so, the guy's talking like he's the CIA. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. 
Well, it's been an interesting week. A um, lot of news going on. I'm a really concerned. I have my take just for this. I'll say this here. The most interesting one we had today definitely is the corona. Be safe. That story yeah. means a lot. Um, you have the whole Europe. Looks like it's about to shut down. We're tied in with the European Union dollars-wise. Uh, them shutting down is not good for us. Uh, and, you know... And we don't we don't know if they're just being extra nervous or extra precautious, but we already do see that whatever happens over there somehow makes it sway to our shores. That's right. That's a great way. That's a great way to end. Be well. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to The Nico and Murphy Show. Hope you had a good time. See you next time, everyone.